Good morning, castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and I'm your host. And tonight, I'm going to be breaking down episode seven of Survivor 41. It is the post-merge episode. And now I know what you're thinking. Where are all of the guest hosts? I am sick of hearing this same guy talk over and over about Survivor. Well, fear not, okay? Because uh, in the coming weeks, I've got a a great selection of guest hosts coming up. I'm very excited, and I hope you listeners are as well. Uh, we're going to get some different perspectives on the season and about Survivor in general. And uh, I'm very excited to take that journey, and hopefully you'll you'll be tuning in. And, and I will note as well that uh, a, a new listener recently commented to me that I had the perfect bland podcast guy voice. And I take that as a compliment because it's exactly what I strive for. Um, so I'm very happy to receive that feedback and uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. So special shout out to that listener. Uh, thank you for the feedback. I intend to, to continue with the trajectory that I'm going at. All right. So we're in kind of a post merge boot fallout here. Uh, we're going to open the episode with uh, a couple flashbacks to the previous night's tribal. Uh, and they're really going to ham up how big and exciting of a, a move that we saw. Um, in this episode in particular, we really get, it's it's the Jeff Probst show. Um, he inserts himself multiple times into situations with the kind of a regularity that we have sort of gotten a preview of this season, but never to this degree. Um, so I'll be talking about that a little bit. Um, also kind of the fallout of what we thought were the established groups. And it seems like uh, things are not quite what they seem from the last tribal. Like I said, we really didn't know who was voting for who at any point during the episode or at tribal. And that pattern is going to continue here. Uh, I still have a very vague concept of who is actually aligned with who and the live tribal again, and the, the plural, not a plurality vote, but the, the split vote between four targets uh, didn't really help. So we're going to jump into it. Uh, the first thing that we see is really the, the implosion of the former Yasa tribe. So there's still four of them left. Um, but after what happened with Liana attempting to steal Xander's idol and Xander essentially, you know, pulling the rug out from under her so that she wasn't able to do so. And then the knowledge that came out at Tribal of Deshaun basically outing that idol, and the reason they knew about it was because Evie told him on the journey, well, it really uh, doesn't bode well for this Yasa group. Uh, Liana, we kind of knew from the previous episode, probably not gonna you know, have much trust with them at this point. But the Xander and Evie kind of fallout, especially when he was ready to play an idol for her, although he didn't. And Evie was, seemed a little upset in her confessional that, listen, like Xander and Tiffany screwed me. They didn't play the idol for me. Uh, when really, uh, I thought that was a smart move by Xander. He did quick math and factoring out Deshaun's Evie vote. And then you put Sydney's vote in because he didn't know she's playing the shot in the dark. And she's still safe. The only reason she was one vote away from going home was because Sydney played that shot in the dark. And who knew? Sydney might have voted for Deshaun anyway. We don't know. So I don't blame Xander for that. I think Evie is reaching a little bit. Maybe she's looking for a reason to split. But either way, uh, Yasa seems to be no more. And there's a little bit of skepticism. And we get that later at the tribal from Deshaun. 
And it's kind of like, you know, there was this big flashy move and now you guys are saying you're not together. That doesn't, uh, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I, I definitely see, you know, where he's, he's coming from there. So essentially what we get is Tiffany running around talking to Nasir. She talks to uh, Deshaun. We get Evie talking to Deshaun and trying to kind of mend fences there. And even Evie admits in a confessional that she's trying to kind of mend these relationships that are damaged, um, not with Tiffany and Xander, but with the other tribe. And she kind of describes herself as an, you know, an anthropologist, that she's kind of uh, being the, the submissive and she's coming in, you know, with her body language is showing that she's vulnerable and that she wants people to trust her and she's not a threat, which I thought was an interesting comparison. I mean, Survivor, Survivor really is about anthropology. Um, it's about, you know, signals, body language. Uh, that's a lot of what like human trust is built on. And in a game where you're essentially plotting everyone's downfall and constantly, you know, planning on how to get yourself that next step ahead in a Machiavellian type game. Uh, it really is a, a, a good comparison. So I'm, I'm glad that they included it in the episode a little bit out of place, but I really liked that bit. Um, we also get some from Xander where he's saying, I don't trust Evie anymore. I don't know, really know where Tiff stands. I don't trust Liana. So he's saying that he's a free agent. He's saying, hey, people, you can use me. Hey, Nasir, like I know we had a great conversation a couple of days ago. You seem to like me. Can we work together? And we get a confessional from Deshaun where he's not buying any of it. And Deshaun really is the skeptic of this episode. And it, it cracks me up that they had this kind of running theme where Deshaun is like, no, like you guys just voted for me. And now suddenly you want to work with me. That doesn't make any sense. And, he, you know, he's absolutely right. They're definitely on the bottom and they're scrambling. Um, this is probably the most negative edit we've gotten for Deshaun in this season. Uh, he definitely comes off as uh, a little bit bullheaded and that he really wants to get his way but also uh you know basically saying it's pathetic that they're scrambling like this uh which was a little bit out of character from what we've seen from him so far and we also get tiffany scrambling and liana doesn't seem to be doing the same because she kind of is in good with you know the shan danny Deshaun group but yeah it seems like you know yes is uh yes is dead and they flash back to the little turtles and it's like oh Poor Yasa, it's so sad. They, they've come so far, but they, they failed. So that's pretty much what we get from Camp and Strategy Talk at the beginning of the episode before we get into that reward challenge. I think there are some really interesting dynamics now that we're at the jury stage in terms of you know, who's going who's gonna to move forward and who ultimately is going to have to turn on their allies because it's going to have to happen very soon. I mean, there's realistically, I mean, yeah, Evie, Xander, and Tiffany uh, at the start of this episode are on the bottom, but that isn't very many people. That majority alliance is much too big. And I'm curious to see uh, in the fallout who ends up winning the, the civil war there. So next we're going to get to the reward challenge. And we get another fourth wall break from Jeff Probst and we see him hiding an advantage and something about, you know, even if you're on the bottom, you know, you know, it, it'll show you where you stand, but at least you can get this advantage. And so I was expecting a schoolyard pick because one person was going to have to sit out. So maybe it's the perceived weakest person and um, nobody wants them on their team and they think, oh no, I'm on the bottom, but oh, hey, under this bench, there's an advantage. But then they just randomly drew rocks. So I didn't really get how that ended up in Jeff's dialogue there. I don't know how why they kept it in the episode. And we didn't really need to see him hide it. I mean, they could have just showed it and made a little flash and the camera angle shows like it says advantage on it. 
I don't know. It just felt uh, a little bit unnecessary to me. Uh, but then again, you know, Jeff seems to be enjoying himself out there. So, so good for Jeff. He's really playing Survivor. He's really digging deep. But what ends up happening is, astonishingly, it's very similar to the rock draw from two episodes ago, where they did that 6v6 challenge or 5v5 to determine who was going to be safe or not safe. And the teams came out remarkably similarly with Erica drawing the gray rock and getting chosen to sit out essentially. And she, she kept, uh, you know, she was alluding to, oh, I hate these bags. I'm so nervous. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And then she gets the gray rock and it was, it was a little bit of a humorous payoff. Uh, if they really wanted to ham this up, if there's like a rock draw later, like to get sent home and she gets sent home I think that would be really funny to like look back on um it's entirely possible with extra votes and shot in the dark that there's like multiple deadlock scenarios that could happen pretty much every tribal so yeah uh I mean I guess we'll see it's entirely possible that that we get something like that but uh what ends up happening is Xander kind of feels bad for Erica and goes hey Jeff uh can I uh give up my spot because Erica uh, you know, she already had her chance to sit out and she's really hungry and I think that she deserves it over me. Uh, so Xander makes the social play or the perceived social play. And uh, in the same shot that he's uh, asking to give up his spot, <laughs> Deshaun is in the shot with him next to him, just rolling his eyes. And it's just, it's another one of those bits from this episode of Deshaun just being super skeptical. And it's just absolutely hysterical. He's just like, oh, come on, man. Like, we know what you're doing. You're pandering. You're trying to get back in good with people. But he does. He gives it up. And Erica says, oh, thank you. And she actually ends up being on the winning team and getting the reward of grilled cheese, as Jeff said. Uh, he said it in like a gravelly, like, very strange voice. It reminded me of uh, of Job from Arrested Development reading the uh, reading the menu to Lucille too at the restaurant. That's a, that's a deep, uh, deep reference there, but uh, that's what, that's what it sounded like to me. So uh, we get to the reward challenge and it's kind of like a water obstacle course where they have to get uh, puzzle pieces and ultimately they have to put the puzzle pieces and it's that pyramid puzzle puzzle where it's three or four pieces and they're all like spheres and the spheres are glued together. So you have to stack them in a way and it's meant to kind of like, it's so simple, but it's meant to kind of make you think in a different way. Like for example, the biggest piece, the one that's two by four has to actually go on last and it completes the pyramid. Whereas the instinct is to kind of use that as the base or like build around it. Whereas actually what you do is you put it on at the top. And famously, this was in Edge of Extinction where they, <laughs> the Lesu tribe horribly failed and this was kind of the story of the season of poor lesu uh just losing challenges um and what ends up happening is there's it's a pretty close challenge you know they're getting the pieces they're putting their heart into it and then they get started on the puzzle and evie solves it in three seconds uh she clearly and she even said it she said i knew this puzzle i practiced it i made it with beads at my house and I had seen that tribe on Edge of Extinction just fail at it. And there was some funny reactions from some former uh, Edge of Extinction castaways, especially Lesu, uh, about this episode on Twitter, which was funny. But Evie says, hey, I knew, I mean, I knew the puzzle. I, I knew that I was going to be able to do this. She probably saw it from across the way. It was like, okay, like as long as we can get there with enough time, we can solve that puzzle and get the grilled cheese, the grilled cheese. And uh, it's, it's going to be great. So Evie kind of lucks out there that this, puzzle happens to be 
it, it reminds me of a little bit of Big Brother where they think about they strategize and think about like the comps that still haven't been done because Big Brother usually recycles their comps really heavily, like more than Survivor. So every season they have some competitions that are there almost every year. And sometimes they like skip it occasionally, but they kind of think about like, oh, like let's strategize and think about what the next one is. And it's actually affected the game before. So that reminded me a little bit of that. Um, it's funny because the immunity challenge was also one from Edge of Extinction. So they really were kind of recycling it here. Uh, the one thing that I'd like to point out is they, and they've done this a couple times already. It's season 41, drop the four, but they use a lot of the same challenges. I understand that to some degree they have to, you know, do different things, but I mean, they had a year and a half to come up with all these twists and they couldn't come up with a new puzzle uh, production. That seems uh, a little bit far-fetched to me, but hey, uh, you know, it was interesting at least that Evie solved it really quick. And although it kind of deflated the the epicness and the tension of the challenge, uh, it was, you know, cool to see someone being resourceful. Of course, Jeff has to go, that's why preparation and studying is good for you. And he does his like uh, after-school special lesson to the castaways when this happens. And uh, it's just ridiculous. He's really hamming it up this season. So... That's what ends up happening. We have uh, Evie's group win the grilled cheese. Um, some notable exclusions for this, Tiffany, Liana, and Shan, um, when they get back to camp, are very distraught over this, uh, this lack of food. And it, they get emotional. And it's understandable. I mean, when you have almost no food, I mean, we'll see kind of that play a factor in the immunity challenge, just how little and how much they would give for some food just to have calories to survive and have energy and not be a, a mental mess. So they break down a little bit, Liana and Shan, especially, and Tiffany gives a confessional as well. Like I'm 47. Can you feed me, please? Uh, just the classic Tiffany attitude. Uh, it was a good confessional. She's definitely a great confessionalist. So the others kind of go and eat their grilled cheese um, and they, at least they let them kind of go off into a clearing. So it wasn't like right by camp. Sometimes they do it right by camp and it's like, ah, oh, that's so mean. Like, I think there was a, a season where they had like an ice cream Sunday bar, like five feet from the fire. And it was just so mean to the, like a losing team. I just felt so bad. But in this case, uh, definitely, you know, a little bit nicer of the producers to move it. Then So the reward ends, and Nasir had taken it upon himself to, he sees the women and the other people on his losing team, you know, very distraught over this, and he goes, oh man, I hate to see these guys starving, let me see what I can do. So he runs off into the jungle, and he sees some papayas up in the, up in the tree, actually, I think it's just papayas, the plural, I might be wrong, um, but he sees some fruit anyway, up in the tree, and he makes an effort to knock it down, it looked a little bit dangerous sometimes. A little scary to see her, but he manages to, you know, he's definitely one of the bigger providers, it seems, in this uh, this season. And he manages to wrangle some papaya for his trimates. So he brings it back and they're slicing it up and, you know, they say thank you to Nasir and Shan kind of gives a confessional about how, oh, you know, for a while I thought maybe like I wanted Nasir out, but now he's, he's really friendly and he's not a threat and he's really providing for us. So I think uh, I want to keep him around for a little bit. And this is going to play a part a little bit later. But what happens is Ricard, uh, after eating the grilled cheese reward, sees, oh, he's asking about, he's like, oh, where'd you get the, the papaya? I've never had it before. And uh, Liana and Shan tell him that Seer found it. And he's like, oh, that's so great. And then he goes toward the papaya to eat some. And Shan goes, Ricard, you just had a reward. And he goes, well, I want, I want to try the papaya. 
and she goes come on and and they kind of get into like a scuff like the old married couple that they have been this season um you know a little bit of banter and she seems genuinely upset at him uh i, I feel like this is a big no-no I think that Shan was probably in the right here that you don't win a reward and then eat the tribe food that day. That just doesn't happen. Um, oftentimes they're off on the reward, like whether it's like a boat or like on another island or something like that. They get to do this cool thing or maybe watching Jack and Jill in a theater, you know, they get this food. They don't then come back and eat the food that the tribe's prepared to, you know, hold them over. That I feel like that's kind of a faux pas. So definitely Ricard, uh, a little sketchy there, but, and Shan calls him out on it. Uh, and it just, it's interesting because that's kind of their, been their dynamic. But I think she's, that Shan is right here. I think that Ricard doing this, uh, it painted him like a little bit more, I think of like a conniving kind of villain type character uh, more than he already was. And it was just kind of like a little, like eh, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth with the, uh, with the papaya there. So people are calling it and by people, I mean me are calling it papaya gate uh, all over the place. So could this, could this be the straw that breaks the camel's back? I mean, they didn't, they, they still don't seem to be over the extra vote. So what is this papaya thing going to do to their relationship? So next, um, we're going to get to the immunity challenge. And Jeff, he's done it again. He's adding an extra wrinkle that just doesn't feel necessary. And people made fun of, you know, Drew Christie and Angelina for trying to negotiate with Probst. But now he goes, hey, guys, uh, this is now part of the game. I, I want you to negotiate with me. So it's not just, oh, three people sit out and you all get this rice. It's, you tell me how many people you think. And Chan starts with two. She kind of speaks for the tribe here. Jeff goes, uh, and then she goes up to three. Jeff says, uh, how about seven? So she says, what about five? And he says, sold, which I'm pretty sure was what he wanted the whole time. So Shan immediately steps up and says, hey, listen, like I won't compete in this challenge. Um, and then Nasir follows quickly and says, look, I hate to see these guys starving. Man, what a good guy. Uh, a big fan of Nasir. He, I don't even think he's really doing it for a social game. I don't think he's metagaming that hard. I really do think he's a genuinely good person and likes and cares about these people and doesn't want to see them hungry. So he, even if he was at risk, I still think that he would have gone for the rice. That's how, that's how caring he seems to be. So good guy, Nasir. And now we kind of hit a deadlock because... The Yasa people, I mean, none of them want to give it up. They know they're in trouble. Their names have been thrown around. Uh, Heather and Erica seem very hesitant as well. Um, this is a challenge that they absolutely, you know, could potentially win. Uh, it's a fairly even playing field. And this is a challenge, and it does happen, where people drop very quickly. Um, they either don't have the right shape of head or they're just not balancing right. And then some people don't last very long on top of that, even if they get the hang of the balance of the block on their head. And they end up falling very quickly. And this is actually, I think, the fastest this challenge has ever been run and might be the fastest challenge in Survivor history. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, HHH, they did that rock draw thing. But other than that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a record for the fastest challenge. Jeff said it was under five minutes, which is insane. And Heather and Erica are like, listen, we were immune last time. We don't know where we stand. Our tribe's never voted. Nobody's ever been able to vote for us. This is the first time we're vulnerable. And so Shan's like, oh, come on, guys, come on. And Nasir's like, well, I'm not going to step forward if, you know, we're not going to have multiple people do it. So eventually Jeff kind of gives in and says, okay, well, if you can get four. And then Xander says, or Shan asks for four. And then Xander goes, 
well, listen, uh, I'm very vulnerable and I, I've already given up this other reward. So I might as well do this to get rice for the tribe, which I thought was kind of silly for Xander, to be honest with you. Like you're vulnerable, man. Like I know you have an idol, but you know, you absolutely could have gotten votes last tribal if you, you know, if the situation was differently and you're probably the biggest physical threat out of the three uh, remaining Yasa members. So for him to sit out, I mean, bold move. And uh, he doesn't end up going home, so I guess it worked out, but it just seemed a little crazy at the time. So Jeff agrees and basically takes people that are sitting out and everybody else is going to play in the challenge. They're going to get like a bag of rice. I think he said it was like three days worth, which is very valuable, especially since that's like a third of the time left in the game at this point. That's a big deal. But Shan here really tips from her previous social savvy and strategic savvy and this is where we notice whether it's a change in the edit or the way she's actually behaving. And the rest of the episode's going to hammer on this as well. Is Shan really switches into I'm running this game mode and I call it power-itis. She has always been in a position of power ever since the first vote on her tribe. She's already voted four people out of the game and has voted correctly each time. Then she gets to the merge where she has people clamoring to be her ally, even though she was on the smallest tribe and she could have easily been a target. She has multiple people that she believes are incredibly loyal to her, about four, and then another group of a few that are kind of controlled by that group. So she has a lot of power. She's in a very good position and it feels like it's possibly getting to her head. She's definitely going to show kind of a, uh, a very assertive streak in this episode and is kind of telling people this is the way it has to go. And I get a little bit of a Vanessa Russo vibe from her. Um, and this kind of came out with Ricardo and Papaya as well. I'm definitely, you know, socially strong and is able to make connections with people. But then when things go slightly awry, she really hands up that emotional connection. Vanessa famously cried a lot when things weren't going well. We haven't quite seen that level from Shan, but definitely the emotional kind of pulling on the heartstrings. We're going to get it with Deshaun on the beach. We're going to get it later with him at tribal council. And she's definitely kind of get consolidating her power, but in a way that's maybe rubbing people the wrong way, at least based on what we're seeing. And as a viewer, that's how I felt. So it's interesting because she's been playing the best social game up to this point. I don't think really there's a question of that. Uh, maybe someone from Luvu, but it's hard to tell because again, we've gotten very little of them until the merge essentially. But she's been playing very well, and now it looks like maybe they're kind of indicating that things are starting to tip, and she's slipping a little bit, but we'll see. So the immunity challenge happens, and a couple, like half the, there's only eight people playing, so four drop out within the first like 30 seconds. And then we're down to a couple competitors. It's Evie, Heather, uh, I believe Danny is still in it, but Danny drops and ultimately we're down to Evie and Heather and Evie is going to win this challenge. And boy, what good timing for Evie because she was pretty much target number one. Just about everybody from the kind of Luvu and Ua combined alliance were talking about targeting Evie. So I definitely think she was in big trouble this tribal had she not won immunity. And I don't know how much Xander trusts her. Like, would he really use the idol on her? Probably not. So Evie pulls out a clutch win and it buys her a couple of days, which might be enough before that big alliance implodes. So that might be really key to her game. Like that's a huge clutch moment and something that she can really put on her survivor resume as much as I hate when people do things just for that. 
but definitely a, a big deal that she won this challenge when she needed to. So Evie's going to be safe. Uh, other 10, of course, are going to be vulnerable. And that's kind of how the, the challenge goes. So uh, we're going to get back. And this is where uh, the preview from last week's episode really uh, starts to come out because there's multiple names being thrown around. They're using, so essentially Tiffany is the target, but Xander gets brought up a little bit, but they're afraid of the idol. They think he'll probably play it. So they're going for Tiffany pretty much because they, they most of them, are under the impression that Tiffany and Xander are no longer close. There's no way that Xander's going to play the idol on her. It ends up being the correct read. Um, but Deshaun, not so sure. And this is where he gives kind of that confessional that I alluded to earlier, where he uh, he really wasn't sure if this was going to be the, the case. Uh, if, you know, they were trying to pull a fast one, like a three amigos type thing, um, and they're going to pretend like, oh, we're, we're at odds. And then suddenly Xander whips out the idol for Tiffany. And so Deshaun is thinking along those lines. Um, so Tiffany for most is the easy target, but then Danny and Deshaun are kind of thinking maybe now's the time to get rid of Nasir. The dude's a big threat and he's a provider. Everybody likes him. This might be a good time to get rid of him. This is when they really come into conflict with the uh, Shan Ricard camp. And Shan is pushing. She's like, no, no, no. Like, I, no, I think that's a bad idea. I really like Nasir. He gave me some papaya yesterday. Um, I don't think it's the time to get rid of him. And her and Deshaun conflict and him and Danny are together. And Shan is uh, really trying to gather her troops and take control essentially of this game. And she I mean, the last vote was chaotic. She survived and all her allies survived, but at the same time, like it was not very clear who's really in power, especially with six, seven people, excuse me, immune. So here's where she's, hey, hey, I'm going to gather these people. These are going to be my people for the rest of the game. And she wants to make sure that not only does her target go home, but the people on board with her want her target to go home. She's really making a push here to be essentially the leader of their alliance. And Deshaun's really not having it. Um, Danny is pushing for Nasir, but Deshaun's the one that's really clashing with Shan here. And both of them get a little bit of a negative edit compared to what they've had before, because they really have this conflict with each other, not quite like Shan and Ricard level, but they just disagree so fundamentally on how to go about this vote. So there's some talk and essentially they agree that, okay, well, listen, like let's make Nasir the backup, I guess. So, and Danny and Deshaun, I believe, kind of just say, okay, whatever. So they're telling, um, they're telling the Yasa people, so besides Liana, so Tiffany, Xander, and Evie, they're telling them it's Nasir. And Evie's like, okay, Xander says, okay, let's do it. That's fine. As long as it's not us, that's cool. And then Nasir kind of catches wind of this, not from one of them, but from Shan. Shan goes, oh, we're telling them Nasir. He goes, what? why would you say my name? And she goes, Nasir, you don't understand. Like there. And he goes, well, say Heather. Why are you saying me? That doesn't make any sense. Shan's like, okay, well, Nasir. And she's kind of pleading with him. And, but they're not that close. Like, uh, at least from what we've seen, uh, she seems to be kind of appealing to him in a way that you would appeal to a close ally. And I don't know if it's really working. Nasir's kind of like the, why are you telling me this? So then we get a conversation by the water well with Heather and Heather's like, well, who threw my name out? And it was Nasir. So Shan just needed to say, Nasir said it to be a backup. But she didn't. She left it vague and ambiguous. And Heather was like, well, what if they pull out idols? Then I'm going home. Like, what if 
things are split and then they pull out the idol and then I go home. Like what, what's going on then? I I'm screwed. And we, we get more of Heather in this episode than we've had the whole season. Amazingly, she gets confessionals. It's like, who is this CGI person that they threw into the episode at the last minute? I was absolutely shocked that they would, it just doesn't seem fair. I mean, they've had unfair twists. I mean, you know, I went on and on about the the flipping the immunity and Sydney ended up going home or the knowledge is power advantage, but inserting a player into the game this late, it just doesn't seem very fair to me. I mean, it's almost like you vote someone out third and then they go to this magical Island where they can socialize with all the other people who are going to be on the jury, then return with a free idol and, and they end up winning the game. I mean, can you imagine something like that happening that's almost like what they're doing here by inserting a new player into the game. I just, I can't believe the nerve of these survivor producers that they would do something like that. Anyway, so uh, it's kind of like the, the Seer and Heather or the decoys. We don't really know who it is and who, you know, Xander and Evie and Tiffany are voting for. It's not very clear. They're kind of scrambling. And we even get Jeff asks Evie a question at Tribal. And she goes, well, I don't know, Jeff. Nobody's telling me the plan and everything's definitely very like secretive and hidden. Um, even though, you know, she is the immunity necklace. You think she'd be able to get into these conversations, especially in a game that's constantly moving in this new era, you would think, but I guess not. Nobody wanted to work with her. That's where we're at. We're at heading into tribal. Um, we, the viewer have no idea where the votes stand. The Yasa people have no idea where the votes stand. It seems like the only people who actually know what's going on are like Shan and her core alliance of like Ricard and Liana and, Danny and Deshaun. So yeah, uh, once again, it's very unclear. And the reason they did this was because things suddenly change at tribal and we get another live tribal. Oh boy, here we go. But this time the worst part is, well, I, I can't decide, but either it's Jeff openly encouraging live tribal. He's saying, oh, well, if, if nobody knows, then uh, maybe things will, will, spark fireworks here at tribal council and tiffany agrees with him and i'm like oh my god jeff i know you love it i know it's entertaining for you but it's very frustrating as a viewer because there were times in survivor history where they were told no like you can't get up and it wasn't part of the game there's a famous kara moen moment where don mian can't talk to someone in her alliance i think it's the four horn the the three amigos vote where she's like, what do we do? What are we doing? And there's some other stuff, you know, that they had to have creative ways of doing it. Like Boston Rob putting his hand on someone's shoulder to tell Philip who to vote for. Um, and just these live tribals have really taken away from that because things can't be decided before you go, because now there's this last minute scramble element and anyone, as we're going to see with Heather, can just throw a giant wrench into the plan by just individually deciding to go around to people and start whispering. Because nobody, everybody else is sitting, nobody knows, they're like, is she going rogue? What, what has happened? Why is she doing this? Because Heather clearly did not like that her name was being thrown around and decided to take actions into her own hands. So she started to tell people to vote for Nasir. And they're like, what? What's going on? What Was this ever the plan? And then Shan is thinking, oh, well, Heather is being crazy. Maybe we should vote for Heather. And then other people are jumping in. And uh, suddenly we have, again, two groups of people on opposite ends of tribal. And this was when Jeff said, it's time to vote and pointed to someone and said, it's your turn. And then Heather started whispering to Tiffany. 
And we were so close. We were on the verge of greatness to just having a normal vote and a normal tribal where Jeff asked the questions and that's how you gather information. This is a different game. And I was hoping that in season 41, again, 40 dropped the one, or I'm sorry, 41 dropped the four, that this wouldn't happen, that we wouldn't have these problems from past seasons, that they would experiment and do new things and, and push the game in a new direction. But this is one of those things that I don't think does that. I think all it does is encouraging craziness at the last second instead of thought out and you know meticulated strategy. So Heather essentially throws a wrench into this whole thing and everybody's scrambling. And then we end up with a group of 11 people all standing in a circle behind the tribal council seats and Jeff's just watching. That's what we end up with. And then Shan and Deshaun have a fight at Tribal and she has to go up to him and basically like, oh, we're not, if you don't want to do it, we don't want to do it. Oh, I don't want to do it. I'm not having, yo, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want. It's like a, a, a married couple deciding where to eat. And he's like, oh, well, wherever you want. And she's like, oh, I don't care. And he says, well, let's go here. And she says, no, I don't want to eat there. That's literally what it reminded me of. And it's just insane to me that these kind of things just go on at tribal and there's no checks, there's no rules, there's no, I know that tribals can be long, but it just feels so tedious. It, it's so much, it's so extra. I just wish they would calm it down every now and then have a normal tribal. You know, sometimes a live tribal or two in a season, it's exciting, but when it's every single time, it's just so, it's too much. It's, it's just too much. I mean, you guys know how I feel. I don't need to reiterate it, but this one definitely got me for sure. One interesting thing that happens, Heather essentially tells Tiffany, like, listen, you're safe. We're, we're going for Nasir. It's going to be great. And then uh, Tiffany ends up going home. Spoiler alert. So uh, good, good job, Heather. Uh, <laughs> probably not getting her vote. Tiffany seems like she might be a little bit of a spiteful juror. So if you're there at the end, uh, probably not. And another funny thing is Ricard is so obviously trying to get Xander to play his idol. And he's just like, dude, like, are you serious? Like he asked him like two times that we saw or heard, and it might've been more. And it just, it was so over the top. And there was just no way that Xander was playing it based on, it was like Amanda Kimmel vibes. Like, oh, my head hurts. Oh, I, I think you should play that idol party. Uh, because uh, they're going to vote for you. And I really want to play with you just like we did before. Um, but my heroes, they're going to vote for you. So you better play the idol. My head hurts. That, that's what it sounded like. Um, it was not very good by Ricard. Not, not subtle. So I, we end up with a, an interesting vote. Um, and this is partially because of the chaos and people probably don't know where to vote. And it's 6221, one vote for Nasir, um, two for Xander and two for uh, Heather. And Tiffany ends up going home with six votes. So, I mean, all that for nothing because I'm pretty sure that was the plan originally. It's possible that the split was more on it. Like there were three votes on Nasir or something and one switched to Heather or I have no idea. Um, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know how Nasir ended up getting a vote. Um, I thought the split was supposed to be for Xander and Tiffany, but they kind of screwed that one up. So just that chaos, um, it really, you know, what that could affect someone's game, you know, like in this case, it was the same, but it's entirely possible that someone has this great plan. And then one, all of a sudden one person stands up and starts whispering. And then suddenly when they had no votes that night, they get voted out, um, which yes, it's part of the game and things change at tribal all the time. I say, stick to the plan, but ultimately 
you know, it's not great. Uh, just sloppy, again, sloppy gameplay this season. All right. So there you have it. That's episode seven. Uh, overall, again, I have mixed feelings about this episode and so far how the merge has been going, but I do think that they're really setting us up for a great story and a great payoff. That's going to be a real treat for the viewer in the next couple of weeks. I think that the multiple conflicts that they've shown in that core alliance, as well as the savvy gameplay of the people who are more towards the bottom, I'm talking about Evie, I'm talking about uh, Xander, and we even saw a little bit from uh, from Heather, which was interesting. And I guess we'll see what Erica can do. And it's possible that we'll have kind of a game flip and maybe the Shan Ricard Liana kind of power group is going to lose the power. So I'm interested to see what happens. I really do think they're setting us up for something cool like that. And I really hope that, you know, all of this was worth it. All right. Um, so that's going to be it for today. And uh, next week, again, uh, we'll be back same time for a recap. Uh, coming soon to Netflix is Survivor Micronesia and David versus Goliath. I am planning on doing kind of a rewatch or retrospective coverage, which I think will be a lot of fun. Um, I think probably one when the season's release and then another maybe in the off season. We do have a finale date, which is in December for this season, as well as a premiere for Survivor 42, which will be premiering on March 9th, which is very exciting. So we've got a lot of great stuff coming up in Survivor land, um, as well as from us here at TNT. Um, so if you'd like to stay up to date on the latest content, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. It's going to be at twists, the letter N torches. Feel free to give us a follow, send me a message, tweet at me. If you have any questions, if you want anything covered, I'm happy to take requests. I love talking about Survivor, if you couldn't already tell. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm having a blast doing this. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week and uh, have a good one.